You're listening to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, episode 34. Hello and welcome to the Who's Driving Your Car podcast, where we discuss not only who or what might be driving your life, but also the great views and experiences along the way. Do you drive in the fast lane like my wife, or do you feel like you're stuck in first gear? You only get one life to live, and it can be either a total wreck or a beautiful cruise into the sunset. We are three friends that have collectively experienced almost anything that could possibly happen in this crazy world, and we'll be discussing our personal reflections and experiences so hopefully you can avoid running out of gas and truly enjoy the wind blowing in your hair. So hop on in with us for a little road trip called life, and let's discuss who's driving your car. Aye! Welcome back to Who's Driving Your Car, episode 34. 34. <laughs> Today's topic, uh, we've got a special guest with us, uh, Tyler Smith, and a little background on Tyler. Tyler is, uh, first and foremost, I would think I'll speak for him a little bit here, a husband um, and a father to two children up in Indiana. He is a pastor, high school girls varsity basketball coach, and an NBA and college sports writer. So he, he wears a lot of hats. Um, we're bringing him on today to, to visit with him a little bit. He's got a new book out called Searching for Seven, which uh, we've read, looked into. It's a great book. I personally enjoyed it a lot, and I'm looking forward to the conversation. So, Tyler, welcome aboard, buddy. Thanks for having me. How you guys doing? Oh, doing awesome. great. Doing awesome. great. Thanks for I joining. also enjoyed the book. It was really good. A lot of meaningful stuff in there. I appreciate it. Shoot, John made like two, two or three pages of notes on this stuff, man. He's, he's locked in. <laughs> so Tyler, to start off with, I noticed that uh, you got a mid, you got a middle initial of D. So what does the D stand for? Is it's not Tyler Durden, is it? <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, it's middle initial. I had to throw that in there basically because there's a lot of Tyler Smiths out there. So if I were to tell people to look up. Tyler Smith or a book even, you know, they wouldn't be able to find me. So I had to do something. So stands for Davidson, my middle name. It's kind of like two last names, but it's a family name. Okay. Awesome. Awesome. Also, I wanted to throw that in there just to see if uh, these other two guys got the movie reference from the Tyler Durden. <laughs> I did not. Sorry. <laughs> we, we are 0 for 4 on movie references. Okay. So that might be like over 10. That's Maybe from Fight 10. Club. Uh, that was Brad Pitt's character. Pretty amazing character, but oh. yeah. anyway. <laughs> Not Maybe it's because you're not supposed to talk about Fight Club as well. Yeah, you're right. That's right. It's part of it. <laughs> oh, man. Well, look, before we get hopping into the uh, topic of sorts, you know, let you tell us a little bit about yourself and the book and whatnot, Tyler, we do a little weekly segment called Would You Rather? And we rotate it around between the three bros. Um, and this week, John's got it. So he's going to pop out something. None of the three of us, you, Craig, or myself, know what's going on here um and we'll respond accordingly but since you're the guest we'll throw it to you for first first honors today after john gives it to us all right tyler you ready to go i'm ready okay would you rather be able to walk on water or since you're a basketball guy would you be able would you rather be able to dunk your entire life Mm. Mm. that's a tough one i I personally, I feel like I had a little bit of basketball success without being able to dunk. Um, <laughs> going back to high school when, when all the guys were like, hey, I'm going to make sure I can dunk next year. And I'm like, I'm going to be working on my game so I can play more than you. 
So I, I never could dunk. I think it'd be really cool though. Maybe my game would have been to another level, but I think the walking on water thing is uh, pretty special. I think only two people maybe in history have been able to do it. So I'll be the third. <laughs> That's awesome. What about you, CC? <clears throat> yeah, I'm going to join Tyler on this one and go walk on water. I, I played a little basketball in high school. In fact, I was the basketball free throw champ of the camp <laughs> in, in eighth grade. The I mean, there's hundreds of kids and I just happened to be in the zone and I pulled it off. But uh, I only, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, couldn't, I could touch the rim. That was a goal. I mean, I did that, but yeah, I, I don't play anymore, but I do enjoy just with the kids. But walking on water, like Tyler said, um, uh, yeah, only a few people in history have ever done that. And it'd be kind of cool, you know, you, you want to swim, you swim, or you just hop up and start walking. You know, wouldn't be afraid of the water. <laughs> I don't know. I think it'd be pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to go walk on water. How about you, Matt? I don't know. My first thought to this, I was laughing so hard because I was like, I guarantee Craig's going to be walking on the water. And then I, all, some of these past would you rathers of like, put your hands in your ears and crawl fast, or <laughs> would you rather walk around? I could see Craig <laughs> flying across the water. Um, I don't know, man. I would take the um, walking on water as well. Uh, I played a lot of basketball up and through high school some too. Could shoot the foul shots, Craig, and I've gone back and forth about needing competition on that. Yeah, we're going to do that. Um, and I like basketball, and I could not dunk. I could shoot really well, but could not dunk. Could get to the rim. That was about it. Um, so I would take walking on the water as well, though. I think it's a little more on a higher pedestal for me. What you think, Johnny? Well, for the next few years with Andrew being in high school and playing basketball, it would be a nice thing to be able to dunk over him. That would be a neat skill to have. But long term, I would She's rather... been doing that on the small goal with him. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was able to dunk for a very short period of time in high school. But, uh, athlete. Well, you said it. Um, <laughs> walking on water would be pretty great. Um, I enjoy fishing, so I'm with Greg. You could swim out to your spot and pop up, catch some speckled trout, some redfish, it would just be a great advantage That'd to have. Cool. So I would definitely walk on the water. Awesome. That was a good one. Yeah, man. Not too bad. All right, Tyler, let's swing our way into a little bit about, um, you know, a good part of what we're here to do is talk to you about your book and let, let you tell our listeners about your book and what you got going on. But I noticed that um, you really uh, – toggle along a lot with what we want to do with the cast, which is to motivate and inspire people through um, faith and hope. So in general, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I know your background kind of speaks to that, but, but give our listeners some information about yourself first, buddy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I've uh, been in youth ministry for a long time. Uh, kind of, uh, it was one of those things where had no intention of doing it. Went to college, got an opportunity to help with a local youth group. And then it was kind of like, God saying, okay, there's your career, go for it. Um, so I think, uh, you know, I, I was grew up in a Christian home and uh, wonderful Christian parents and sister. Um, but it really became real for me in college. I think a lot of people go the opposite way with that. They go to college and leave church. But for me, it was when I started to really uh, focus on, you know, what it meant to follow Christ day to, every day. Um, and so through ministry, other experiences came up, other opportunities. Uh, I've been doing sports writing since 2014 for the Pacers and IU basketball. And, uh, and then I really felt called to write a book to, towards the end of uh, 2018 is when I had that thought and, uh, you know, spent 2019 writing it. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think a lot of ups and downs in life, just like everybody. And um, it helps to know, you know, God's with you and loves you, even though you, you mess up sometimes and it's cool. So. It's kind of a, a little bit of background. 
Absolutely, man. Tell us a little bit about, you mentioned a calling to write a book. How did that come about and or was that a process over time or boom, you're like, ooh, I got the calling, I got to do it. Or was it something that God kind of kept uh, putting in front of you, so to speak? It was a little bit over time. Uh, at first, it was just like, hey, I want to combine my writing experience with my uh, ministry teaching experience over the years, try to compile like some of my, you know, my favorite thoughts and stories. Um, I've been been blessed to, you know, be able to experience a lot of different things. Um, some of them you mentioned, and um, a lot of stories have come from that. And so for me, those are the kind of story, kind of books that I like to read the most, ones with stories and short chapters uh, and scripture to kind of encourage as you go. So it was, I guess it was a little bit of a slow process at the beginning. It was like, I have this idea, I'm going to do it. I'll start compiling notes and chapters. And then towards the end of 2018, it was one of those like, okay, now's the time you've, you know, you've been patient. Now's the time to do it. So I would say it's almost like both, uh, both of your, um, you know, categories there kind of fit in. Absolutely, dude. Um, one more thing before I, I think John's got a couple of questions for you. I noticed it's Kim. That's your mom. Yep. Mominger. Yeah. I like that. She, she's <laughs> the one who reached out to us and, uh, I, these guys yep. give me a hard time. I've got my own mom, lady J is what we refer to her as. Um, she's a big part of my life. She helps me out in a lot of ways. So I think that's pretty cool. So a little shout out to Kim here. Uh, I enjoyed talking yeah. with her a little bit when she reached out to us. Yeah. I just want to say, I noticed in the forward that you, you know, you had a special thanks to, uh, your parents and your sister for maybe in the beginning being a, uh, a better demonstration of what it's like to follow Jesus. Was that where it started at a younger age, but you developed it, uh, later on in college? Yeah, I mean, I owe so much to them, and uh, like I said, I was, I was kind of you know known as the Christian, the Christian kid in high school. Problem was, it was more of the the faith of like, well, he goes to church and doesn't do anything too terribly wrong, so therefore he's a Christian. Um, so that that like foundation that I had from my my family was incredible, and you know, I probably wouldn't be where I am today without it. Um, it just you know, my faith just became more of a like take ownership mm -hmm. of became more real um, in college based on experiences and peers and uh, you know, some stuff that I went through. So. So Tyler kind of to you know, uh, get into some of the, the subjects you talk about in your book. Could you share with us kind of uh, what the book is about, like uh, kind of what led to the inspiration and then ultimately um, the contents of the book and how your vision of touching people's lives was inspired. Yeah, so it's called Searching for Seven, and the seven, uh, when I first started writing, I didn't have a title, but I knew kind of where the, you know, the notes and, you know, everything was kind of leading towards, which was, you know, following Christ every day, not just on Sunday, not just when you go to worship, or not even, not just when you get good news or bad news, which is how, um, you know, some people tend to treat it. Um, but once the title came to me, uh, it really kind of took off. Um, it, it can be a double meaning, you know, seven is the number of God in scripture. So, you know, it means completeness and perfection. So it's like, in a way I'm, I'm looking for that. I'm looking for him, I'm looking for completeness, but I'm also, um, searching for my own faith seven days a week. And, uh, like I said, I just wanted it to be one of those, um, books that you, you know, you could use it as a daily devotion or a small group study or, um, married couple go through it. You know, we put uh, discussion questions at the back. Um, but really, it was just trying to draw inspiration, 19 different topics, um, different ways you can look for God, and uh, hopefully just try to um, encourage people with uh, some things I've gone through and some scriptures that have changed my life. 
Absolutely, dude. I noticed the book when I read it too. It's it's got a um a good overall tone. There's some humor, but you also humble yourself a lot in the book, which which I appreciated or, or it comes across in that way. And uh can you tell maybe our listeners a little bit about that phase of things? Yeah, I mean I think I mean, first and foremost, I feel like Jesus taught in stories so often. And I've heard it said before, there, there's no way that he wasn't funny at times because who's going to follow somebody that's, you know, just like this serious and, you know, never funny. So they're like, he probably was very funny. And, you know, you can sense sometimes, you know, in some of the language. Um, but yeah, I feel like, you know, having opportunity to laugh a couple of times here and there, but also, um, you know, share stories from your weakness. You know, if I'm going to, there's, there's one of the sections that talks about how, you know, we should, um, we should use what we're good at and the resources we have, but we should also use our weaknesses to show that this is what God did in my life, even though I'm weak. Um, and, uh, I've heard it said that, you know, never, uh, never stop sharing from your weakness cause you'll never run out of material. So it's like, like, Hey, I'm, I'm this broken person that's also on this journey of trying to find God every day. And so why would I act like, you know, the expert in all things when I'm really just, I'm trying to, you know, process this and, and think this all out and here's some things that have helped me but you know I, I really i invite the conversation that's why i put my phone number in the back of the book i don't know if you guys saw that mm-hmm. uh just put my phone number back there because i just i invite that conversation to talk about different things our our struggles our our triumphs um it's all part of the the journey yeah you know that was a great part of the book that i had highlighted that uh, i wanted to talk about you know you said that God wants to use me in my strengths. He also uh, wants to use me in my weakness. Sometimes his power can be better displayed when my ability, quote unquote, doesn't get in my way. I thought that was a very interesting way to look at it. Yeah, I appreciate it. I think of the, you know, like the woman at the well story where she had a, a past she was ashamed of, but then when she meets Jesus, it's immediately like, hey, I wanna tell all of you in this town about what was a weakness in my life because I've been forgiven. I want to, I want to shout that to all of you. Whereas before meeting him, it was just this, I want to be alone. I'm, I'm ashamed of it. So if you've made a mistake in life, um, you know, it's like scars, you know, uh, don't hide them, show them that you're healed and, uh, you know, go from there. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's something we've touched on a lot with the podcast. We do all, uh, fall down and have to get back up, so to speak. We all do have our crosses to bear in life. If not, there would be no, that's one of the purposes of life. So I think it is pretty cool how it's not something that, that you put out there, not not something to hide from, something to own. And really, in a lot of ways, if you do humble yourself, learn through it, get back up, it's something to be proud of. It makes you who you are. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, there was another interesting part in the book where you talked about, uh, I think it was your sophomore year, you were playing basketball and you weren't doing very well and you got benched uh, and you mm-hmm. sat on the bench for a while. You kind of mouthed off to the coach a little bit and uh, – Sure enough, a short time later, he called you back up and put you in, and you were thinking, what the heck are you doing? Yep. Uh, but you re- related that story to how God feels about his, uh, his children, how, yes, we screw up, we fall, uh, we have difficulties, but he's not giving in us, he's not giving up on us, he's not setting us aside on the bench permanently. Uh, maybe we need to think and refocus and then get back in the game. That was another really cool story. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of surprised by how many conversations I have and how many people have some of those thoughts of like, you know, God can't use me or I've screwed up one too many times. And I'm like, 
Let's look at scripture. There's so many examples, story after story of these men and women that screwed up. Uh, some of them who were even like walking with Jesus for those, you know, three years of his ministry, they still, he's like, what are you doing sometimes? But he, he wouldn't just say, forget you stay on the bench. He's like, Hey, let's go, let's get back in there. And uh, I didn't realize that uh, that game meant so much to my life till much later on. But looking back, I was like, wow, that's incredible how God used it in my life. And then uh, to have that realization that that's what God does for me. I've screwed up, continue to screw up. He comes back over and says, let's go get back in there. Yeah, dude, I think it's really just talking along with that part of the story. So cool how you didn't realize the doors that were going to be opened up for you after that playing ball and then lead you into the college experience where you had a chance to play and then look at where you are now. And looking back, I thought that was neat how you said sometimes you're going through something in life, but you don't realize where it's taking you at the time. Yeah. Yeah, it's happened a lot. Hopefully, uh, hopefully all of us have those moments of realization of like, okay, wow, I, I see now kind of what God was doing there. And, and then some things in life, we probably won't know till we meet Jesus face to face, but just know that, you know, one day things will make a lot more sense than maybe they do now. You know, one thing we mentioned, Tyler, was we were talking about how we all fail and fall and have had to turn to Jesus um, for the healing and forgiveness and then turning around and sharing that with others and hopefully inspiring them and touching them to to uh to find jesus and a lot of times i think it's people get lost and they looking for a purpose in life and one thing you mentioned is that if you're not living with a purpose that it's completely on us to change that and so through your life and your experiences in 2018 you have this book idea you feel inspired perhaps it's your purpose to share your message of, of your journey with jesus and, and your life experiences um what, what do you have to say about maybe uh, helping people kind of you know find that purpose and, and what can people do to change, you know, make these changes in their lives to perhaps go down that path and have the courage to do those things. Yeah. I think one of the messages that I have um, shared quite a bit is that you have to figure out what works for you and you have to be intentional about doing it for a long period of my life. I was just going to church and that was kind of the extent, maybe I'd open my Bible sometimes, but that was the extent of me looking for God and, and trying to find out what's my purpose on this earth. Um, and other than that, it was just what, you know, what do I find entertaining? What brings me joy? I'm just going to do those things. Um, so you have to be intentional. If you, if you were like me earlier in life where you, uh, you don't, you don't really do anything. Like, for example, I never want to be one of those people that says, God, where are you? And what's my purpose in life? While the whole time my Bible's closed, I don't pay attention when I go to church. I never talk about God to friends. I never do things like listen to Christian podcasts or music or, you know, those kind of things that I could be doing, get in a small group, have a mentor, all these things I could be doing. If I'm not doing that, I don't have much of a right to be like, God, where are you? And I don't know what my purpose is. So I think um, one of the chapters is very specific about how serving um, is big, because if you don't know, like we're created in Christ for good works, we're created to serve. So if we don't, if we don't ever serve or put action or faith, we kind of it's like we're rotting away and we don't really feel like our lives do have any purpose and meaning. So if you, I mean, thing is too, if you have um, maybe a job that you don't like that much, or maybe it's like you don't look at it as a ministry position, there's so many things you can be doing to make it ministry and uh, God's put you there for a reason. Um, so whether it's just a, um, I don't know, a regular old nine to five office job or something and, and you, you know, you're, you're unsure um, of what your purpose is, you can turn that into ministry, but just find opportunities uh, to share and 
um, get involved in stuff. So like my example, I got involved in the youth ministry having no intention to do it. And now I've done it for 15 plus years. So it's like, sometimes you just got to like go do stuff and then God's, God's going to reveal to you, Hey, this is what I want you to do from now on. Could be a weekend thing or 15 year thing. Who knows? But we got to, uh, we got to get our, ourselves out there and do it. Yeah. And, and awesome. uh, Tyler, it was, it was an interesting point you brought up. You know, you don't have to have a giant audience. You don't have to be speaking before hundreds or thousands of people. You know, your audience could be one person that you're having lunch with or like Craig and I, one pe- person that we're sharing in an exam room. Uh, it doesn't have to be uh, huge sums of people, but uh, it may just be somebody that needs to hear an encouraging word, uh, you know, at that particular time, whenever we have the encounter with them. Yeah, we've got to stop uh, the comparison game of like, well, these people reach this many and therefore my life's insignificant. You know, the parable of the talents, the one with five and the one with two, they got the same reward because they both put it to use. So it's like, um, and there's also another scripture, which I did, I don't think I did share this one in the book, but how your words can bring life or death to someone. Mm -hmm. So if you're, you want to help change the world, well, your words to somebody that particular moment can bring life or death. So we got to choose wisely in, in that scenario. That's awesome. Absolutely. You know, Tyler, I thought this was cool toggling on along on the opportunities and saying yes. Um, and not to, I guess, give too much of it away, but can you share with us a little bit about the story with the theater company, the 99? Um, I thought that was really neat when I was reading the book, how uh, you got involved and how that came about. Can you share a little bit with us on that? Yeah. Years ago, there was a, there was a meeting for local pastors just to talk about this huge uh, traveling theater production that was coming to town. It's a thing called the 99 and they go to a different town for three weekends in a row. They put a massive tent in a mall parking lot. And what 99 means it's the 99 or 99 young people die every day from poor choices, um, different things. Mm. And so they, they told us like, we need 200 volunteers every night and there's going to be rooms that are either, five and a half minutes or 11 minutes long. And each one, there's going to be actors uh, depicting these real life situations. What people don't know is there's then a hell room and then a ministry room and then counselors at the last room to talk about, you know, what you experienced. And they told us that about 80% or more of the thousands and thousands of people coming would be unchurched. Um, It's on the news and everything. So I was like, that sounds awesome. Sign me up. What do you need me to do? And they said, we need help in the ministry room. And in the back of my mind, that was like the one room I don't feel comfortable being in. Mm-hmm. And I was in ministry at the time, but it was more of like, I'm comfortable with my group. Maybe right. not so much thousands of unchurched people. So I had a couple thoughts in my mind. I was like, I'm like, surely someone else is more qualified, could do better than me. Um, maybe I should make up an excuse and say, I can't, I can't go all the weekends. Maybe put me somewhere else. And I all, it was kind of like, a, I reluctantly said yes. And it absolutely changed my life. I was able to speak to thousands of people. I had, I was in the ministry room, had 11 minutes to share the gospel with a new group of people every 11 minutes. And uh, thankfully that's not how it ended. I said, you know, the next room, the last room, there's people here that want to talk to you, but it was phenomenal. Thousands of people, three weekends. I loved it so much. I said, where's the next town you're going? They said Louisville, Kentucky, which is about a three hour drive for me. And I said, I want to go do another weekend. I love it that much. And what I noticed is from that point on in my life, I started to say yes to more opportunities uh, instead of 
making up excuses or being like Moses where Moses was like, I can't do this. I can't speak. And God's like, I made your mouth. I know you can do it. <laughs> I started, started to say yes. And started to realize when I get asked those questions, maybe it's uh, God asking me, maybe he's the one saying, here's an opportunity and you should do it. Yeah, that was an interesting part of the book that uh, I had written down that I want to talk about was that you said, maybe we should stop telling God what we can't do. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. It's funny. I, I can think of times in my life, and it's the same thing you said, Tyler, uh, the opportunity to be in ministry in some form or fashion. And it's like, I'm not worthy. I'm not, I don't know all the stuff I should know. I don't have all the answers. And you just start self-doubting. But when you put yourself in that situation, the, the gifts and blessings that come from that are just, it's like, why did I, you know? What was I afraid of, you know? And then we always reference a lot in our talks about, um, you know, we only got this one life to live. And we talk about being fearless and, and taking these leaps of faith in life and, and just what comes from just trusting in God and knowing that he's not going to let you fall. And that's a, that's a great story. Thank you. Yeah, and the cool thing about it is you were there to help other people, but they wound up helping you and impacting your life in some sort of way, which is really neat. Yeah, it's great when that happens. I mean, it's just like, I tell people all the time that, you know, you can learn crazy situations from, you know, even, even non-believers, God can use a situation to strengthen your faith or to help you grow. And, um, again, it, it just all, I, I just noticed that so many of the stories in my life came back to that same idea of like, you got to get out there and you got to do it, you know, um, like the Holy spirit is the helper, but isn't going to do everything for you. Like you've got to, you know, put yourself out there. Then the spirit's going to help you. And, uh, and I look at, you know, stories like the person that was blind and they were trying to ask him about Jesus. And he was like, I don't really know much. I just know I was blind. Now I see. Um, so he didn't have a Bible degree. He didn't have a yeah. <laughs> preaching license or, a, you know, years of, uh, of ministry theology classes. He just simply said, here's what I do know. I was blind. Now I see. And that's an incredible testimony. That's awesome. Absolutely, man. Another thing I noticed in the book, um, you, you talk about pain and you say God doesn't promise that we won't go through pain. He just promises us to be with us in the midst of it. I thought that was pretty neat because, again, kind of goes back to some of those crosses we bear in life or painful situations that we go through that ultimately we can get to the other side. What are some of your thoughts behind that part of the book? I, it's another one of those things that I've just seen a lot of people. Um, I mean, you can go one of two ways when something happens in your life. You can blame God for it, or you can cling to him, run to him. And I've seen a lot of people and I've been questioned a lot in these conversations over the years, like how could God allow this? How could, you know, even like, like all these Christians, Christian pastors keep getting cancer and dying. How could God allow this and that? And, uh, I always just try to talk about, you gotta have eternal perspective. If this life is all we have, then I would agree that it's not fair and that maybe there's, you know, not a God if this life was all that there was, but I don't believe it's all there, all there is. And so I've also, on the other side of that, I've seen so many people come to Christ because of pain, something they're going through. Um, I think a pastor one time said, you know, if life was stable, I would never need God's help. Um, so sometimes it's that uh, little reminder and uh, I'm also, um, I, I like to use this analogy. My, one of my daughters is uh, three years, three years old. And for her, if she has a bad day, it's something small, like, well, she didn't get to watch a cartoon or she didn't, you know, get the food that she wanted to her. It's like a big deal, yeah. but she didn't have that. She doesn't have that perspective that we have. Mm -hmm. So could we be similar to that spiritually? Could we be like the three-year-old spiritually where there's so much more 
that we don't know and that we maybe one day will of why I went through that pain, why that um, was supposed to, you know, strengthen me and um, help me clo- get close to God. You know, it says in Psalms, he's close to the brokenhearted. So um, those are all just some thoughts that I have at times of uh, trying to, you know, have an eternal perspective and know that pain is, can be for a purpose. Yeah, I would That's agree. Awesome. I've got a three-year-old also, and um, I recently shaved my beard off. And whenever my three-year-old came home, he looked at me and was terrified and said, "What's on your face?" Just shocked, and I uh, said, "Had to say, well, you know, nothing is on my face, Matthew. Um, it's just I don't have any. I don't have a beard." And he's like, "What's a beard?" I'm like, "I don't have any hair on my face." So it was a big shock for him, uh, and he had a bad day as a result of that. But um, going to your point, <laughs> of, going to your point on that, Tyler, I thought it was an interesting point that you said we are all aliens on this planet. Uh, we're really citizens of the of eternity. So that was something else that uh, you kind of briefly touched on just now. But it was a, a great line that I wanted to make sure that we got in here. Yeah, that's awesome. Look, another thing I think that, that stuck out to me was that toward the end of the book, I think at the very end, you say, I'm really only responsible to make sure one person is clapping at the end of my life. Because um, I, I think that that's really cool. Uh, I think a lot of times in life, we get caught up with what other people think. Um, could be family members, friends, people we don't even know, or we're thinking people think something that they're not and all that. But ultimately, uh, you know, or going to heaven, eternal happiness, God, et cetera, um, is what, what matters. So I, and I know that must've been an impact for you because of where you chose to put it in the book. What about that part of things for you? Yeah, I feel like uh, another question I get asked a lot is about, you know, like for students that I work with or for people, um, you know, biggest challenges. And I think a lot of times it's, I feel like people today are going through same challenges as far as like looking for their identity and does their life have meaning? Am I here for a reason? But I feel like social media has ruined it for a lot of people. You know, this is one of those moments where I love social media. I love technology, but sometimes people, they only use it for like a comparison game. And it's like, you know, used to, it could be like, well, as long as I have similar stuff to the kids on my street or my class, then I'm good. But now it's like, I'm comparing myself to millions of people they have this and they have this and they can do this. I can't do any of that. And it's just a, like kind of an endless cycle and there's scoreboards everywhere. It's like, I'm, whether you're on stage, I'm looking for the applause, whether it's uh, how many likes, how many friends do I have, how many followers, how many retweets, am I TikTok famous, yada, yada, all this stuff, or what's in my bank account, all these little, you know, scoreboards everywhere we look, mm-hmm. but what really matters, the approval of God, the audience of one, um, easier said than done, but man, it's, if we can just get that mindset, um, try to think about like, Hey, where, you know, where do you see yourself a hundred years from now? Well, <laughs> I mean, if you look at it like that, it's like, okay, who am I really trying to live for and impress? Cause all these little things I'm trying to do, like, it's cool. Some of my posts in my, you know, um, sports writing, some of my posts went viral and, you know, I could say this or this, but it's like, you know, at the end of the day, who, who really cares that, you know, Am I using it for good? Am I using the platforms for good? Um, Just focus on the one who made you and the one that you're going to spend eternity with. That's the one that I hope is clapping and says, well done at the end of my life. Yeah, I think it's really cool because I I like to say, man, 200 years, that's what normal. 200 years from now, like 
people, a lot of people, we won't have been known to exist here. Like, think about the rest of your life, eternity, and it makes things when you're here seem a lot that may be a big deal, a lot more trivial or not as big of a deal. A little calming piece for myself when I look at things through that lens. So I thought that was a really neat quote. That's so true. Not too long ago, we did an episode on peace and serenity. And I think that was one of the themes is that once you find that place with God and that that's who, you know, you trust in him and that's the only person you really have to uh, please at the end of the day. It's just so much peaceful because it takes all the pressure of society and life and trying to keep up with the Joneses, you know, something I thought about. Um, Tyler, you know, we've, we've mentioned a lot about the book and, and some awesome things that you've shared. What's your favorite part? Do you have a favorite part of the book or favorite I don't know. We haven't written a book, so it just seems kind of cool, you know? <laughs> I, I think it's the book is kind of like a, a band's album where uh, all the all the chapters are, you know, different songs that they're all they're all different, but it's still cohesive for the whole of the album, the book. But I feel similar to some of my uh, favorite uh, favorite Christian bands where they're like so hard to pick a favorite because it's like, you know, almost like every day I kind of relate more to uh, chapter four today, you know, even though it's uh, even though I wrote it, it's like um, it's almost like a, a diary of sorts where it's like, yeah, I went through this and here's what God helped me. And I got to remind myself of some of those things. Um, and yeah, so I, I probably couldn't pick a favorite. I mean, I love how the book opens cause it's like my basketball testimony. Um, love the chapter on God's will. Um, and how it's much more about your daily calling than a, than a career choice. Um, but yeah, bits and pieces. I don't know if you guys remember the, the story of the, uh, the basketball, college basketball, where the, the guy thought, said, you know, you're a Christian school, even though we were just playing hard. And <laughs> yeah, I thought about that. I still, Very cool. <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny also. Yeah. That's, yeah I, I thought about you. I, I thought about a little story in your, uh, your book while I was playing tennis this uh on Monday, um, I was playing with a buddy of mine, shout out to 4A, and uh, we were playing a tiebreaker. I was up really big, and I was like, okay, all I have to do is win every other point, and that's it. And it was 100 degrees. I was about to die sweating, and sure enough, I quit playing like the scoreboard was zero to zero, and next thing you know, he's closed in the gap, and I barely barely skated out with the victory of course we had to get that in there <laughs> no i thought that was cool too about the story um you know about the, at the christian school and the way the the other guys were approaching things to y'all on the court because uh, i mean we all do i compete i'm a very competitive person in a lot of ways but in my own field of i practice law and there's always someone on the other side uh, and i thought about that we you know since I read that part in the book the last few days, I've thought, man, yeah, you, st you still got to compete. Just compete the right way about things and how you handle yourself. Doesn't mean you don't use your God-given uh, abilities to the, to the best of their ability, but you can handle yourself in a good way in doing it. Yeah. Now, we d we've already talked about <clears throat> several of the things that I thought that were really important and some of my favorite points of the book. Um, there was another part in the book that I thought was really Really funny, uh, really good part of the book. And it was uh, a quote that you got from uh, uh, Rich Mullins. And it said, uh, David, didn't, David didn't kill Goliath because he set out to slay giants. He set out to give his brother sandwiches and Goliath got in the way. <laughs> so I just thought it was a neat deal that, you know, we're all going to have trials. We're go all going to have things that are going to get in our way of our eternal salvation. Um, but we just have to be diligent and fight through it in order to, um, 
you know, achieve the, the goal of, of getting to eternity and where we want to be. Yeah. I do have uh, a couple of more questions a little bit. Uh, I don't know. Well, I'll just throw them out and see. So I noticed that you, um, we want to see if we can get a transformation into uh, Backstreet Boys in a second. <laughs> Does that still happen or is that off the table now? <laughs> Hey, it's the best boy, best boy band of all time. Down, just... Yes, they are. And the other, the other interesting thing that I want to bring up is uh, that you think the Bible has the best butts, correct? <laughs> Quoted Sir Mix yes. a lot. <laughs> yes, the Bible has the best butts. Uh, just one T in that butt. <laughs> <laughs> there you go, Tyler. Stand up for yourself. Don't let John on you over like that. <laughs> I thought it was neat. I thought it was really cool. Well, look, Tyler, we've enjoyed talking um, about the book with you, getting to know you a little bit here. It's been a fun ride. And what we do uh, with each of our guests when we bring them on, we ask them a little sentimental question here, and that is, who do you think is driving your car in life, the proverbial car of life? That could be God. It could be free will. It could be a sense of urgency, your family, your health. We've, we've heard a lot of different answers to, the questions along, to that question along the way. So who or what do you think is driving your life, man? Well, I mean, I, I would love to uh, love to say that it's uh, Jesus driving my car, and um, I feel like sometimes, you know, Carrie Underwood, Jesus take the wheel. You know, sometimes I'm uh, yeah. maybe trying too much, or maybe he's he wants to go down this street. And I'm kind of like, are you sure? And I try to fight a little <laughs> bit, and then hopefully I'm okay. You do it, you do it. You know, so uh, maybe it's like we're uh, I'm kind of in the seat with him and, and trying to allow him to. And sometimes I try to take control when I shouldn't, but I would say, I would, I would like to say for the most part, he's the one driving it. Very cool, man. That's and awesome. Hey, tell, um, tell the listeners where they can get a copy of the book if they'd like to get it or where they can find you on social media, online, things like that. Tell them a little bit how they can get in contact with you. Well, the book's available in many places, but the easiest thing to do is go to the book's website because it has direct links uh, to all those options, uh, searching for seven.com. And also when you're on, if you go to that website, you can find my uh, social media blog page, uh, send me a message. There's all sorts of different things on there you can do. So searching for seven.com. And also Tyler, I know that uh, you're quite a, quite a singer. Um, and we did a little intro, a little video before you came on where I did a little singing myself, but uh, I oh, thought it was interesting. <laughs> I thought it was interesting, you know, the, the song that you wrote for your wife years before y'all had met. Um, and just wanted to see if you had anything that you wanted to sing for us. You don't have to, but just throwing it out there. <laughs> Are you like a closet Backstreet Boys fan or what's going on? I say normally when John does that kind of stuff, Tyler, you just don't even respond. Let it go right by. You were close. You were, you were almost there. <laughs> Well, look, man, we appreciate you joining us today. I had a good time visiting with you. And um, honestly, I think the book's great to all the people listening out there. I did personally read it. I, I enjoyed reading it. Uh, it inspired me personally in my own life and my relationship with God. So I thank you for writing the book and uh, reaching out to us, buddy. Yeah, it was a really good book. We appreciate you coming on. It's been uh, great having this conversation with you. And I look forward to seeing what you're doing in the future. Yeah, thanks, Tyler. It's been it. awesome, man. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, guys. All right, buddy. Until next time, we'll catch y'all later. Aye. Hey, y'all. 
If you've been enjoying picking up what we've been laying down, subscribe and never miss an episode. Find us on social media and let us know who's driving your car this week. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Who's Driving Your Car Podcast. Perfect timing, sun is shining, nothing more I need. Yeah. If you feel like this your best life, won't you sing with me?